have you ever thought this would never happen to me or I would never do that? Uh, just getting started with the podcast here. I haven't been as diligent or faithful or regular, whatever you want to call it, as I should have been. But I think it's important to at least start from somewhere, to lift where I stand and, and move forward in a better light. And maybe like trying to quit an addiction or start a new habit, the starting, the starting, getting done is better than being perfect. And so in that light, I'm going to start recording these every week and, and publishing them. But I, even, even though they're not going to be perfect, and even though my thoughts will not be 100% rounded out or, or coherent, um, at, at the end of the day, it's this is more of a public personal diary for me and hopefully for my posterity than it is uh, for anything else. Uh, but so let's just get, let's get started uh, to the, this week, the topic was on third Nephi one through five, I think I don't, I don't remember one through seven. And, uh, what I, what I found with come follow me again, here I am being honest, and this is probably not totally kosher. Um, but the come follow me, like I don't get as much out of the actual manual, um, in terms of the content there, I get more out of like, let's study this set of scriptures as and listen and ponder about the concepts in there. And there's a there's a few concepts in here that they discuss the manual that's in the scriptures, but have been on my mind a lot lately. And uh, it's it, it's it's this this topic of people seeing or experiencing miraculous things, um, but forgetting them and, and turning back to their old ways. And I think we all experience that to some degree. And I uh, wanted to talk about it with more context in, in my own personal life and what I've seen in others. In in the Book of Mormon, the uh, well, first thing I want to talk about is, is the pride cycle. So in the Book of Mormon, well, just life in general, I don't think you have to necessarily be a member of the church to see this, the, the pride cycle at work, right? So for those that don't know the pride cycle, really simple, you know, you start out really humble and wanting to learn and that humility helps you progress and and have God's blessings, but also just learn from other people's mistakes. I think whether you're religious or not, like just being humble and listening to others is going to help you. And then, uh, eventually there, there starts the, the, this pride comes in and you think you don't need help from God or others. And then that's when you fall, right? Pride comes before the fall. So there's a cycle and then you're, you're fall and you're humble and you start over again. And uh, I think when anybody sees that pattern, it's pretty obvious Again, whether regardless of whether you're whether you're religious or not, or we had a religious upbringing or not, I think everybody kind of sees that cycle in people's lives, and it, it's just very evident. Um, obviously, in the Book of Mormon, they talk about it on a uh, nationwide scale or a cultural scale, society societal scale, uh, but it applies both to society and our own lives. And the pattern's so obvious that when most people look at it, we we the the inborn or innate thought is almost always that can never happen to me <laughs> or like that's so obvious of course i would not do that right it's but like most things it's uh it's harder to to practice than it is it's harder to practice than it is to preach it's easier to preach than it is to practice i guess that that verbal that verb verbiage works both ways but uh the the scripture and so i want to tie that to the scripture so it's in second Nephi two one through three and it says, and it came to pass that, or it came to pass that thus passed away ninety, the ninety fifth year also. And the people began to forget those signs and wonders which they had heard, and to be less and less astonished at a sign or a wonder from heaven. Insomuch they began to be hard in their hearts and blind in their minds, 
and to disbelieve all which they had seen. And they start to talk about how they try to reason away the sign they had seen. They try to, you know, make, explain it, right? And uh, how, how, does this, how does this scripture tie to the pride cycle? Well, you're probably, your mind's probably going right now on a few reasons why. Um, but I, I want to talk in a more, on a more personal level. I recently, I don't know, maybe I've noticed it more, maybe a few people have been more public about it. I've had a lot of recent friends and family that have decided to, to leave the church or, or leave faith altogether. And uh, it's always disheartening. And it's always... And it's, it's, I imagine it's very, very hard for the individual, um, especially if you grow up in the church, like having to leave. Um, one, there's like the pain of just pulling away from something you're familiar with. Um, but also there's like the social and familial pain of like having to not have, like churches and the religion is something that binds people together. And once like you take that away, a lot of those relationships go away. And that's just, it's just hard. It's very hard. And... Uh, but more importantly, I think there's a relationship with the spirit that goes away. Now, they might not believe that, um, but there's definitely something there outside of just like the social and mental ties. There's there's a spiritual tie and, and, and cutting that hurts. Um, again, they might not believe that if they're leaving, um, but it, that that's a reality. And so I when I when I talk with these, people or see them post things. Um, I think they're trying to be genuine. I think they're trying to be honest. Uh, but at the same time, I, I also wonder, like, when someone's deceived, I don't think they... I have know there's been situations where I've been deceived or lied to or lied to myself when I thought I was being honest, when in reality it was not, not true. And I, th- I think it comes back to that that saying it could never happen to me. I think a lot of time, and and the, I think that saying ties together the pride cycle, and this tendency for people to to fall away um, or slip away. And, and I'm not saying it's total apostasy. Sometimes we slip in small ways and and uh, come back and recorrect. But you know that slippage could be a big slip or a, a little slip. But we as humans have this tendency to think we're the exceptions to the rule. I know I, my wife always tells me I think that because I'm not much of a rule follower. Um, some rules I don't like to follow, but um, we have this tendency, and especially myself, to say that, that can never happen to me. I'd never be that obvious, right? And I think there's great folly in just even the sentimentality of that, the sentiments of sentimentality, the sentiments of that, that sentence, or that that phrase that could never happen to me. I I and what what ends up happening if we think that way is we open ourselves up to being blind, and I think that's like a very prideful. Ultimately, that's a very prideful sentiment. Um, even though it's you're hoping the best in yourself or in others, um, but it's forgetting that we all even though the best of us is always what we hope for, um, it's often the worst of us that gets us sometimes when we're weak. And I almost wonder if that a little change in that phraseology, that sentimentality, phraseology, that's the word I wanted, that phraseology would shift our minds and help us not fall so much. 
instead of saying that could never happen to me is how could that happen to me? Um, there's a, someone I follow or listen to a bit, not as much anymore, but as a Jordan B. Peterson. And, um, he studied a lot of the, the Germans during the Nazi era and the, the Soviet Union as well. And a lot of people, we look at the, the Nazis or the, the communists in China and in the Soviet Union and other places like Cambodia, and we think, how could that happen? We always, we, I think we, a lot of people question, how could that ever happen? And one of the things he says is that, like, people that think that way don't realize that those people were just normal like you and me, and they still did atrocity, atrocities. So the, the way to avoid those tragedies or atrocities even is not to ask, how could that ever happen? It's, or why could that ever happen? It's, how am I, how is it possible that I could do that? Like, in what ways is it possible that I could commit those atrocities? And that's like a huge question shift. That's actually very scary, very scary way to think. But we also have to remember we're all human and like we all make mistakes and we're all like, we all have the potential to do what other human beings have done, as scary as that can be. And I think that really applies. No, I don't think we have to necessarily apply that to something that's that extreme, but I think in our own lives, we have, again, we have this tendency to look at our own potential and future with these rose-colored glasses. We always want to be optimistic about our future, about our goals, right? This is like most evident during um, New Year's, New Year's revolutions, right? We always start out optimistic, but we never end up actually, very seldom do people actually follow through on their New Year's goals. That's why like, I never set New Year's resolutions anymore. It's just I think it's a waste of time and effort because it's just, it's a false reality. It's a false dream or false reality. I, I like set, I set like weekly and monthly goals now, like, and strive to hit those instead of like a yearly goal. It's just, it's too much work. It's too much, too far out. And, and it's, it's anyway, not like I gotta get off a tangent, but if we want to avoid, as we see people that fall away or people that make poor decisions, I think it doesn't, that doesn't start. Those poor decisions don't start with, Oh, I'm going to make these poor decisions. I think the I think the poor decisions really start in this could ne- that could never happen to me, right? And that starts at a very young age, and it can mean that those habits can develop in a very old age. But what I've noticed is people that don't make those habits like don't make those poor decisions as much. Um, they're more wary and cautious, and, and they have more of a how could this happen to me mindset, like what or what could I possibly do so what in my life would happen if I made that kind of decision. And that really kind of, it puts your guards up. It's kind of like Moroni building the forts. You know, he wasn't, he didn't know the Lamanites were going to attack, but he knew they could, he knew they could. And so he built forts and fortification and built armor anyway, right? Without the threat necessarily there. It could have been there, but it wasn't there at their, at their doorstep yet. And so he built anyway. So when the, when the, when the Lamanites came and attacked, they were ready. And, well, it actually wasn't Lamanites. It was defected Nephites, right, that inspired the attacks. In our own life, I think that's how we build forts is, and it's how we get out of the pride cycle, is understanding that we could make those same mistakes other people make. And then, like, as scary as it is to admit that, fortifying against it, right? And we know what, what, what it takes to fortify. Um, but I did want to talk a, one more thing before I sign off about forgetting the miracles that we witness because I think that's this that's another key part. So first key part is is admitting that we're weak and that we need to fortify against those weaknesses. You know, it takes a lot of humility to 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 do that. Um, 
it's very it's much easier said than done. Uh, the second is, is is always remembering the mir- the miracles we had in the past. I don't know why spiritual experiences are like this, um, but they're like holding water in your hands. Like you can cup a certain amount of it, but you're never gonna get as much as you need. And that I feel like that's what our memories are like. It's just and I, that analogy is actually from Harry Potter, by the way. That's a she uses that when Harry Potter has a dream and he's trying to hold on to it. He, she uses so her dreams are like trying to cup water in your hands and just leaks out. You know it's there. The residual, like your hands still have that moisture from the water, and you knew that you held the water, but you couldn't hold on to it. And I think that's one of our memories, spiritual memories, like, and maybe that's probably one of the one reasons we always have to continue to feel it because it's always leaking. And I don't know why that is so hard to retain those spiritual memories, um, but it is. It's just so hard, um, and it's it's important to. So one, it's important to write them down and our feelings because we'll forget them. But two, it's we have to continually keep filling it up, and it just ta- it takes work. You know, like it, like I think it's interesting to use the the analogy that testimony is like a fire. Right, and that's something you have to constantly fuel. It's not something you can just like turn. It's not an LED light bulb you can just turn on and let it sits forever, right? Like it's going to be good for twenty years. Like that's not how testimony works. It's something that has to constantly be fueled, and it comes under attack. And usually, it comes under attack when we like we've let those memories slip. And even though we've had spiritual experiences in the past, and and felt things like if we're not continually feeling things not continually fueling that testimony, then it's just like, it goes out the door. And I don't know why it is the way that it is. That's just, this is how it works. Um, but at the same time, sometimes my, that might be evident. People might say, oh, that's evidence is not true, right? It's like, well, you know, your physical health is actually the same way. Like your physical health, you can't just like work out. Like if you're, let's say you're 26 years old and you, you can't work out for one year when you're 26 and then just stop working out expect your body to be healthy the rest of your life right like that's just not how physical health works or even mental health that's not how any health part of our body mind spirit work like you can't just like study a textbook once and expect to be smart the rest of your life right like it's something you have to constantly be on top of if you want to be mentally sharp if you want to be physically like fit you have to stay on top of it and if you let it go guess what it's gonna go that's just how this life is. Like, if if you just don't, if you don't maintain it, entropy will take over. Things will just die off. And so, how like it's so shocking that like, like we we and I include myself in this. Like, think spiritual things are the same way. Like, we have a spiritual experience. It can be like amazing experience, like or like something like a prolonged amazing experience, like a mission or something like that. And we could have all these confirmations not only of like of, of answer prayers or of like whatever like answer prayers is like a huge one but like just realizations or like learning like connections between like different scriptures and and helping and like just in that feeling of the spirit that like burning of the bosom and like that alignment with the harmony with your mind and spirit and body we have all those experiences and sometimes we we, we think like oh I, and it's in that moment, like, I, I feel so good right now. I could, why could, how could I ever not believe this, right? That's the same thing as this is like, same thing with like working out. It's the same thing with like keeping your mind sharp or keeping your, your body healthy. Like 
when you when you work out, you always feel so good. Like, how could I ever not want to work out? Like, once you're like, I don't know if you're a runner, but like, once you run, like the first, especially the first couple miles, a little rough. But there's there comes a point in a run where like you get the second win, it just feels amazing, right? And there's if you've worked out any over over thirty minutes, usually the first little bit, like getting out the door, getting into the gym, or getting on the run, or or whatever you do to work out is oh, like getting started is the hardest part. Once you get started, you're like, man, I feel so good. It feels awesome, you know, and then if it eventually that feeling goes away and then like two days later, you're going to go work out again. You're like, man, I don't want to do this. It's going to be tough. Right. But then you get there and you feel good again. Right. And, and so how is it any different with spiritual things? Like if, if that's how our mind and our body work, we're reluctant to do it. But when we do it, we feel good. Like, of course, spiritual things are going to be like that. That's how life is. If you're not constantly fighting and growing and like trying to keep it in, that water is going to run out of your fingers. And if it runs out of your fingers, guess what? Like or it runs out of your hand, like falls, it just goes, it disappears. Guess what? You're empty. You're going to starve. And then when you're starving, you make horrible decisions. Like, and nobody makes good decisions when they're hungry. <laughs> and that, that applies to mentally hungry. That applies to spiritually hungry. That applies to physically hungry. And so for if, if you're out there and you're struggling with faith or you have someone that's struggling with faith, like you gotta, you gotta keep on top of it. Like you gotta keep on top of spirituality. Spirituality is, is, is an important part of, of the human experience. And the, the spirituality is, is, is a discipline. It's not a one and done thing. It's, it's not, it just can't be. It, nothing was ever meant to be that was supposed to be anything you go that anything that's good to work for like it, it is it takes con- for yourself it takes constant maintenance and that's just the way it is you know it would be nice to just have a perpetual motion machine for our physical bodies like i do this thing once and my heart health is good the rest of my life it's like this is not how it works you know it's constant maintenance and i, I i'm beating a dead horse but uh, like I'd, I'd encourage you that if you haven't felt that feeling in a long time, the spiritual feeling, the spirit, or of a, a, you haven't had a prayer answered because you're not exercising it. And yeah, that sounds really cliche, but it applies to every other part of our life. So why shouldn't it apply to spirituality, to our, our relationship with God? You know, and relationship with our families and spouse, like take maintenance. And then once you don't do maintenance, you don't believe in them anymore. And just because you don't believe in something doesn't mean it's not true. I know plenty of people that don't believe in working out or, or like eating healthy. That doesn't mean they're happy. That doesn't mean they're close to reality. There's plenty of people that don't. I know there's people that believe they will not get cancer if they smoke. And yeah, a small, small percentage of people don't, but the majority do. And it makes their lives miserable. And we know that. There's no shadow of a doubt of that for almost anybody besides the individual making that poor choice, right? And spirit, and like getting close to God, believing in the spirit are no, it's a not, there's no, there's not, reality is not different. Just because you deny the reality doesn't mean it's not the reality. Humans have this weird penchant to be able to like make up this false reality around our lives, but then we just live miserable lives, you know, like it's, it's such a weird dichotomy. It's like, like no other creature in on this earth willingly injects poison into their bodies, 
but humans on a daily basis will drink alcohol and it literally tears apart your like your cells inside it literally kills you kills it kills living cells and you're pumping that into your vein the humans every day pump that into their veins like how crazy is that like humans are self-destructive have a self-destructive nature it's so crazy like no like very few like if any animals have that same kind of self-destructive nature it's just nuts right but we do it and so it's important to like recognize that you can be self-destructive and but but think you're not that's the crazy thing you think you're not self-destructive but you are but if you admit to yourself you can be you'll you'll be more likely to avoid the self-destructive behavior and you can be self-destructive spiritually. You can deny God exists. You can deny the faith. You can believe the church is not true. And you can believe that all you want. But guess what? That doesn't make it any less true in the reality. So don't, don't get caught in your own reality, your own false reality. And the only way to not do that <laughs> is to constantly maintain it. Constantly maintain your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health, your social health, your financial health. We could go on and on, but it takes constant work.